declare bankruptcy! Bears eats Battlestar Galactica. Depression? Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Twenty Wigger and slut! Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that you're listening to the great scott podcast part of the broken jars broadcasting network uh check out all our other podcasts on brokenjars.xyz um i'm here with my good friend jacob what's up man how's it going uh welcome to the first episode of great scott where we will be talking about uh the office uh yeah a story of an american workplace uh We'll be going through um, all the episodes in order. This will be a full spoiler podcast. Um, so uh, if you haven't seen the show yet, uh, don't listen to this one <laughs> unless you don't yeah. care. Um, so yeah, it, we're we're going to be talking about how things they retcon, things they change, things that are mentioned and never seen because uh, there's a bunch of it. Because um, you know, I've been through the office in the end at least four times yeah and that doesn't yeah. count like you know seeing the seasons as like rewatching the seasons as a show was still going on because i started watching the office in the middle of season two so i've been i was with it week to week pretty early so i've i've seen i guarantee you i've seen the second season at least 10 times Straight yeah up. it's it's super easy to like rewatch the beginning because like you're always like, all right, well I'll just start from the beginning and then like, you know, but um, yeah, I think I started in college, you know, uh, thirsty Thursdays became NBC Thursdays, you know, so you right. line up to watch some office and some 30 rock and then some parks of rec was that introduced. And uh, it's just a, uh, it's just a good show. So when you're like, Hey, let's do this podcast. I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna, normally we won't do a lot of back and forth. Uh, but today I want to kind of get a give everyone a sense of what we like and you know things in the ep you know, episodes we like. So, what are your top five favorite Office episodes, at least right now? So it was we we talked about this and it was tough. Let me tell you, it was tough. So this is this is my answer as of today. You ask me any other day, it might change. Um, this is listed in no order, mostly chronological. But I got okay. season two, episode one, The Dundies. The Dundies, great episode. Written great episode. by Mindy Kaling. How was it? Yeah. Look at that, you're on the up, you're on the up and up. Oh, we're no, we're, we're going to get all sorts of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, I got uh, season two, episode 12, The Injury. I have a uh, lot of friends who really love The Injury. It's a good episode, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't, yeah. like, it doesn't crack the top five for me. That's fair, that's fair. Um, I got episode... Nope, season two, episode 22, Casino Night. Casino Night, that's a classic. Yep. Uh, then season three, episode one, Gay Witch Hunt. <laughs> and then season three, this is kind of cheating, episode 10 and 11, but the whole Benny Hanna Christmas arc. Benny Hanna Christmas, yep, that's one of yeah. mine. Um, yeah. For me, I don't have, I don't have the, um, the episode numbers right in front of me, but uh, email surveillance from season two, absolutely love that one. Uh, yeah, just one of my all-time favorites. When you go over to, like, Jim's house and the whole thing, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the Job from uh, – that would be the season finale of season three yep. when uh, they go to um, New York and interview. I think this is a really great, you know, because you get that look from Pam at the very end. It just, like, breaks my heart every time. Yeah. 
it was on my my i just made a big list of episodes i liked and that was on that list for a long time but as i had to cut down it it missed the cut but i agree that look is it's it's key it makes the entire it actually kind of makes the show in some some respects Mm -hmm. uh one of mine that i think is just really fun is murder it's like season five it's uh right when like dunder mifflin's going under right before saber buys him out and Michael has the um, like the uh, whodunit game that he's trying to get everyone to play, and yeah, that like weird like dinner theater kind of game. Right, play, right? Yeah, yeah. So love that one. I think it's hilarious. Uh, this this one, I can't believe it's actually in my top five now. But dinner party from season okay. four. I mean, that is that is one of the most cringy oh it's so hard to watch sometimes but the more i've seen it the more i just love it wow yeah, that was on my list for a while too but I, had to, I had to make the cut yeah and then uh benny hana christmas rounding out the top five and those are in no particular order and ask me in a week like you said i'll probably change yeah yeah um yeah, you know, I, I felt bad when I was making this list because I hit a point after season four and I was like, I like the whole show, obviously. But, uh, yeah, you, there's just something about the earlier seasons that you definitely feel a little bit more connected to. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it's probably because um, we've seen them so many more times. That's, that's probably exactly what it is, yeah. And, you know, like getting into like season five and later is when I started to binge it a bit more. You know, mm-hmm. like would DVR like five, six episodes and watch them all at once instead right. of week to week, you know, see – Seasons two, three, and four were every week. You know, right. it was appointment television. I didn't miss a one. But starting in season five is when I started to binge a bit more and you know, that kind of stuff. But also, that's when I also started having money. So I would buy the DVDs sure. and watch them during the week back when DVDs yeah. were a thing and Netflix wasn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I own up to season five. But then once Netflix had it, it like it became hard for me to be like, well, it's always on Netflix, right? But uh, I want to I want to own them all, obviously. The 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 bonus features are just funny enough. All the bloopers and stuff, and the mm-hmm. deleted scenes. I mean, that's basically like three episodes in and of itself. If you just watch deleted scenes, like from the whole season. If they were to ever like roll out a you know, bo- nine season Blu-ray box set that included the the documentary series, you know, right. I would be all over it i I would be like here here's my four hundred dollars just take it just take right (laughs) Uh, so for the most part we're gonna go we're gonna try to spend about 15 minutes an episode so if you want to get into it we can um yeah the first episode is obviously the pilot and that was oh let me that was directed by ken Wapis? Wapis. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so he and he actually directed a lot of episodes. He did Pilot, The Diversity Day, Sexual Harassment, The Fire, The Fight, Booze Cruise, which is a great episode, Casino Night, Gay Witch Hunt, The Job, The Lecture Circuit episodes, Company Picnic, and The Finale. So, I mean, he's done a lot of big episodes. Um so yeah, I mean, he's. I think it's. He's really done a lot of really cool things. Um, the first one was since it was the pilot was almost a shot for shot remake of the British pilot. Yeah, I mean, even uh, was it Michael has that weird bit where he says white waste paper basket. Yeah, I was like, that's not what we call that in America. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, 
Yeah, it's just really weird. I feel like there's not a lot of shows that I watch like the original and then the remake of that I notice, but like you're like you said, it's it's basically the same episode. You probably could watch them in tandem and they might even sync up aside from like weird runtimes. Probably, probably. Yeah. So what'd you think of the episode? What'd you like? What'd you didn't like? Uh, well, so this wasn't the first episode I had ever watched. You know, you, you walk into like someone's dorm and they're watching a later right. episode. Mm-hmm. So once I got into it, then I was like, all right, let me go back. And it's like super different. Like this is not necessarily like. Oh, and it's definitely a pilot. Show. You can tell they're short on money. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can definitely tell Steve Carell had had some hair plugs put in after uh-huh. the show got picked up. Yeah, I was. Yeah, the whole first season, his hair is kind of—it's really thin. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But um, no, I mean, it's a good episode. It's—it's—it's um, it's like this thing where it depends what you watch first, the UK Office or the American Office, and that kind of dictates how you perceive the other version. And luckily, I watched the US Office first, and um, yeah, like I said, it's not super reminiscent of where the show ends up going. But um, no, it's a good episode. I mean, and it ends with that like super weird bit, not to jump to the end, but um, right where Michael plays that joke on Pam that she's fired and she's crying. Yeah. It's, like not funny. And that's why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, the, first ep- I, the first episode I saw was the Hot Girl episode. It was the first Office episode I ever seen. It was okay. season finale of six, which really isn't a season finale. But um, one thing I find interesting is how much they start and set up from the word go like the very in the pilot they start talking about downsizing they talk about stanford they talk about josh you know all these different things that you would take multiple seasons to play out you know the resolution with josh and that whole thing doesn't really end until the end of season three yeah so they yeah. they obviously had a re- a decent idea of what they wanted to do with everything and i think that's one thing the pilot did really well um you set up, they set up the characters really well. I feel like maybe, maybe I just I've seen it too much, but I feel like okay. you had a really good core sense of who Pam was going to be and who Michael was going to be and who Dwight was and you know those people. You like the, the, your main your main guys, your your opening credit folks, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's weird because you don't really like maybe Jim. You walk away liking everybody else is kind of like. You know, uh, Ryan the Temp is pretty, you know, he just has a couple, like, unrelated one-liners about what's happening. Michael, obviously, super difficult to like. Dwight, also super difficult to like. I mean, unless you like assholes, right? Which is, like, the thing. They're all kind of jerky. And um, even Pam, like, she's kind of, like, she's she's kind of in this weird situation, you know, where, like, it's, like, super apparent that she's got a thing for Jim, and then her fiancé shows up. Right. So she's, like, in this weird area where you don't know how to perceive it, but then Jim's kind of like the likable guy. But even so, he's like pulling jokes and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. One thing I find interesting is the very first time you see Dwight on screen, he's singing slash humming Little Drummer Boy. So it right. kind of makes me wonder if even in the pilot, like him and Angela are already hooking up with each other. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they did a pretty good job of not really alluding to any relationship between the two of them until Angela makes that like offhand comment about office romances um, when uh, there's that rumor that Michael and Jan hooked up. Right. And I think that's like middle of season two. But um, 
Well, no, yeah, that'd, so, be, geez, that'd be season three? Dundee. No, I think that's when the Dundee. No, 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 no. That's that's a client. That's the client episode. Is when yeah, when that starts. Tim Meadows and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you said, if if the creators were like really trying to put that much forethought in, like off the bat, you know, like let's let's put out these like little nuggets of truth, and like as we move forward, we'll see if that's something we want to actually put into flourishing. You know, right. So some fun things I've learned, maybe not about the pilot, but this is just interesting in general, is, see, um, Phyllis was actually one of the main people to do all the casting, and she oh. was reading lines, and they liked her so much, they made a role for her. Okay. I, I did not know that. And the guy uh, the guy who plays Creed Braddon, I, I posted the, this link, but... The one of the producers really liked the band that Creed was in in the '60s and '70s, yeah. the Grassroots, which they mention in the uh, you know in the finale, you yeah. know, and so which is really cool. But they're like, yeah, you know what? We'll just put you in the back, and we may or may not have you know end up using you. And he ends up being in like 170 episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's a, like even um, Kelly, right? In the first season, Kelly is not the Kelly we come to know. Right. She like wears proper business attire and stuff. It's not till later that she starts developing like her love of fashion and even like her um, Valley Girl kind of mentality. Right. Which, um, I mean, we'll get into her a little bit more when we cover Diversity Day, but yes, yeah. right, because she's much more very proper Indian kind of thing going on instead of what she becomes, which is. Really crazy, vapid kind of chick. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, what else about this episode? Mm. It's, um... If pilots go, I feel like it's pretty strong because most pilots are terrible, and this is actually still watchable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it says here that it got mixed reviews. Places like the AV Club gave it, like, a C+. Plus. Um, and obviously a lot of people made the comparison because you can't not, but to the UK pilot. Mm. I mean, if anything, you got to wonder if doing it so close to the original might have hurt how people interpreted it. But I don't, um, what was what do you know the time frame between the British office premiering and the American office premiering? Well, the air date here for the U.S. office is t- March twenty fourth, two thousand five. Um, the U.K. office aired in standby two thousand one. So yeah, it was really close. Yeah. Yeah, it was only like four years apart. I mean, I guess technically speaking, yeah, the Christmas specials for the UK office had like just aired a couple months before. Oh, wow. I thought the UK office only lasted two years. Yeah, it went two seasons, and then there was like a weird season three. It had two hour-long Christmas specials, like a part one and part two that like resolved the narrative kind of between like uh, Tim and Don and uh, David and... You know, the Todd Packer equivalent and stuff like that. Right. I, I've only seen the pilot. Everyone's like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I had to, to go check it out. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Gervais also seems to have written the, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant wrote the screenplay for this um, episode. Right. And they created the other show. So mm-hmm. it just makes sense why they'd stick so close to, um, yeah, the original stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird too because I'm looking at the air dates and 
the the pilot and diversity day are five days apart and then it goes every week but right so <laughs> seems like they just shoved it in somewhere because it was a it wasn't even a mid-season replacement it was like a late season replacement because it premiered march 24th right yeah um yeah that's basically like the schedule of like something like game of thrones that like airs in april and ends in like june july right um, I guess that's too, because it's only six episodes long, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, wow, they aired them out of order. That's interesting. So, a lot of these are aired in different order from their production code. So, pilots o- 01, diversity is 1002. Healthcare was supposed to be the last episode of the season. Mm. They shuffled it around. Like Hot Girl, which ended up being the last episode, is was supposed to be the third episode. I mean, like you said, there's no there's no like really climax to this season. Mm-hmm. There's just it's like literally like the last episode. Right. You know, you yeah. could definitely tell they just made episodes and hope to God they got picked up for a second season. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder maybe if they changed <laughs> it up because I don't think uh, Amy Adams really was like anybody yet. She wasn't. Is actually yeah. I, I was reading something where they said if they had known how big she was going to get they would have kept her in the show yeah because she's in season two for a bit too yeah she's three or four episodes season two yeah so if you were going to rate this episode how on a scale of something to something let's do let's do like a one out of five system so i really have to commit to pro or con i would probably give it like a three really okay a three dundies out of five dundies three out of five dundies yeah Uh, Um, yeah it's it's a fine episode and it's it's better in context of the show as a whole. But I think as a standalone, it's not like the episode I would show someone to be like, hey, you might like this show. Right. What I tell people is like, look, if because they're like, oh, I don't want to watch Office. Like, just give it 10 episodes. If you don't love it by the 10th episode, you're never going to love it. Right, right. Uh, and I, I think I'll, get, I'll stick with a three, um, three staplers in Jell-O out of five staplers <laughs> in Jell-O. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable uh, assessment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll move on to Diversity Day, which yeah. was, again, re- uh, directed by Ken Quapis. Is that how you say his name? That's how I'll say his name. Okay. <laughs> and it's uh, written by B.J. Novak, who is Ryan. Yeah. What's weird, and I think a lot of people don't understand, is most of the people who aren't like the opening credits kind of people also write episodes for the show. Right. Especially early. You know, Meredith writes some episodes. Kelly writes a lot of episodes. So does BJ Novak. Toby. Toby writes a lot of episodes. He directed a bunch. Yeah. He's like super integral to like, yeah, the show for sure. Between Um, directing and writing, it's 34, 34 episodes. Well, kind of. Kind of 34 episodes. Yeah, and it's like over a season of worth of content. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, what do you think of this episode? Diversity Day. You know, it's a classic. That's where you really, you know, see Michael be crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Um, see, I'm trying to remember because I actually didn't have a chance to rewatch this one, so I'm a little fuzzy on like all the particulars. But uh, so, you know. I think it's really good. You have some uh, interplay. Uh, you get to see some more characters because Stanley really isn't in the first episode. And he's in this one more. Yeah. 
Uh, same with Meredith. Uh, I think those are the first two episodes with them, and the, uh, so that's nice. Um, you see how just adolescent Michael can get, and how yeah. like little like he really like sets up who his personality is going to be pretty much for the entire run. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, again, we were talking about like how Kelly, like when you first meet her, she's like really timid and shy. Right. And then you know, eventually she becomes, you know, crazy out there. So the question is like, did Ryan corrupt her or what? Yeah, that's a good question. Although, yeah, probably not. They probably actually, if anything, maybe she corrupted him because he seems kind of like a normal guy. Um, she, I forget what episode, but at some point, she tells Jim that she has a crush on Ryan. And like, that's like kind of the beginning of her being like this kind of ditzy gossip high school type girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they hook up on Valentine's day or something. And then, right. I'm trying to remember which episode that was. That was early. Um, Oh, you know, what? it's the episode where Jim can't talk. Right. Which I'm trying to remember which one that was that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember exactly which one that is, but Let's see here, season two. Um, is it the secret, maybe? Oh, no. That secret's the episode after the booze. Oh, wasn't that the episode after the booze cruise? That would be the injury. So that's not it. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, probably Valentine's Day. <laughs> probably oh. that one. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so that, that's... um. Something we can get it we can get into more later, but there's a lot of characters. Like, what do you think about the character development? So, like I said, this is a full-on spoiler cast. So we'll kind of get to it now. So, you know, we we see like where Jim starts and ends, and Dwight starts and ends, and all right. those guys. So, what do you like? Who's your favorite character? Like transitions, I guess. Right. In terms of, like growth and stuff, right? Right. I mean, Michael gets to a good place. I think part of why season one is so tough for me is because Michael's so unlikable. Like, yeah. he really is, like, this overbearing, not funny, inappropriate boss. Um, and then, like, by the time his character ends up leaving the show, he is, like, really... Because f- none of the people in the office like him right now, really, you know? Right. Um, but by the time he leaves, people, like, have this different respect for him because he's kind of grown. So I think he's probably the one who... Uh, is probably my favorite in terms of his arc. Dwight's probably a close second, though. I think Dwight has the most dynamic arc because mm. he. I think he changes the most because by, by the end, you know, he's still Dwight, but it's he's changed a lot. You know, like where Jim is still pretty much just Jim. Pam is mostly still just Pam. Like Pam and Jim really don't change all that much as people. Right. But Dwight does. Like, he becomes a good person by the end of the show, where at the beginning of the show, he's kind of a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I mean, because Jim and Pam, I feel like, don't change enough. Right. Uh, And then their storyline kind of gets a little stagnant once they end up getting together, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is why a lot of people feel the show loses a bit of its, like, lore, because they're together. And they try to add some drama in a couple of seasons or whatever, but that's why the relationship stuff shifts between like Dwight and Angela and Andy and Aaron and all that stuff. Um, and he's not in this episode, but Andy has a pretty good arc up until a certain point. Oh, until he goes crazy. Until he goes crazy. Yeah. He, he, he's like, 
to me, when I look at the legacy of the show, in terms of negatives, Andy's arc is kind of sad to me because he takes the role of the Ricky Gervais character in the British office, I think. You know, he kind of goes off the deep end at the end. Uh, I didn't know, like I said, I never watched yeah, the, yeah. the British one, but... Yeah, well, I mean, at least they set up for a good reason for him to go crazy and you know, all the stuff with his family. But yeah. that's another, and well, I'm sure, I'm we'll, sure get there. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. But. Um, yeah, for me, I, I, it's so Larry Wilmore was in it as Mr. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and Steve Carell were both on The Daily Show. So you can kind of see this roots. Ed Helms obviously was on The Daily Show too. Right. Um, at some point, uh, Stephen Colbert does a cameo. So there's a lot of Daily Show of Roots uh, here. Um, yeah, I mean, that card game, where they put the, uh, the names on their forehead, I mean, that's just, like, genius. Right. Um, with Stanley having the card that says just black on it, and him obviously being the only black character on the show. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I was just watching it the other day, and I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't not laugh out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all the, stere- like, stereotypical names, like, you know, Jewish or, you know, there's yeah, all sorts yeah. of like, uh, like crazy stereotypes about what he was saying. Yeah. I mean, cause Dwight said, uh, has Asian, right? So he's like, say something super obvious. So Pam's trying to be really PC about it, but she's like, but maybe you don't drive so good. He goes, Oh man, am I a woman? Which is like, not what the whole thing was about anyway. So, right. And that's <clears throat> where you, like, you start getting like the weirdness of Dwight. Cause you know, the shroots are a weird bunch. And so mm-hmm. that's where you start seeing like, yeah, they really don't like women a lot and they really don't like certain things a lot, but you see him come around later, but right. I think that I thought that was a really good, uh, good thing right there. Um, what did you think about, uh, cause they really kind of hammer in these two episodes and obviously it's important to Michael's character, but like his desire to be like funny. Mm-hmm. So that first episode, he does that Hitler bit where he puts a stapler up to his nose. Right. Uh, here, obviously, he does that Chris Rock joke, and then he flat out drops racial profanity. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what part of me is why it's like it's so hard to like him this season. I mean, it's funny as a viewer, you know? The but, thing with Michael that I, I'm still trying to, like, figure out is he's obviously not stupid. Right. But the way he comes across is also really weird. So it's like some kind of, it almost feels like some kind of social disorder a little bit. Like he does it like he, he wasn't ever liked. So he tries way too hard to be liked. Hmm. And, you know, I think, I think especially after Jan and everything that he realizes that he can get someone to love him. That's when he starts to change a little bit. And, you know, he meets Holly and, all that stuff. So I, I think that might be part of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's sort of one of those, uh, are you familiar with the Peter Principle yeah. in business? Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, it's the majority of people eventually get promoted out of their competent, competency. So eventually you're going to get promoted one level too high and you're going to be terrible at your job. And that's what Michael is. I think right, for the most he was part. A, yeah, he was a great salesperson. Right, best in the company, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. And then becomes branch manager or whatever, and he flounders around. Right, and so it's, you know, and so the the success of the branch is some of it's him because he's still selling, but a lot of it's done in spite of him. 
Yeah. So I think that's an interesting dynamic to see. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael is Michael and Dwight are tough in the first two seasons. There's a, an interesting thing in this. There's like the B storyline here too, is that uh, Jim is trying to make this sale. It's mm-hmm. like annual sale that makes most of his money throughout the year. Like a quarter of his commission, right? Yeah. And it's one of the few times I think until Jim and Pam get together where Jim is kind of like on the ropes. He's, he's usually like always the one-upsman, you know? Right. Michael, Michael's too dumb for him. So that's why he gives the Jim look to the camera. Uh, you know, uh, he's always pranking Dwight and Dwight just can't keep up. Um, there's a couple of times where maybe him and Pam have like a weird bit, but generally it seems like Jim is like a guy who knows what's going on. He just doesn't like his job. Yeah. He knows he's smart, but he's lazy. Yeah. Yeah. But this episode, he ends up not making that sale. I think Dwight makes the sale for him. Right. Dwight Um, swoops in and takes it over from him. Yeah. So it's just this weird kind of bit where, um, you see Jim lose, which is not uh, something we see again for a little while. Um, and again, so once we get further away from it, I won't keep bringing it up. But the UK office equivalent, uh, mm-hmm. Tim, which is played by Martin something. How did I forget this guy's name? Oh, he's he's like he's, a big uh, deal, right? Yeah, he's Watson and Sherlock. Anyways, whatever the hell his name is. Um, through that show. Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman, that's it. Um, thank you. He, uh, he's definitely, he's not as cool as Jim. He plays pranks on um, the Dwight equivalent, but like he lives at home. Um, you know, he tries to, he like wears a funny birthday hat, but people pick on him. Um, so the UK office is not as nice to that guy. Uh, Jim's usually on the up and up. So it's, it's weird again in context of the whole show struggling in this episode. Like in Oh, you're still there? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Hi. Okay, you're you're coming back through. You got some uh some robot voicing going on. I see. That happens yeah, sometimes. You're good though. Okay. Um well uh Diversity Day earned positive reviews. Uh Entertainment Weekly liked it. Um Ricky Gervais said, quote, it is as good as the British office. I love the fact that apart from the first one, the scripts are all original. You've gone back to the blueprint of what the characters are, and you've started from there as opposed to copying anything. Right. I mean, he was an executive producer on the show, so it's not like he'd ever really shit talk it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, um, but, yeah. so the, I mean, The Office was unique when it first premiered because of the format, right? The mm-hmm. real sort of documentary style, and a lot of people have now copied it. But how, like, how did you like it when it first came on? How do you think it still plays, even though a lot of people do it now? Yeah, I uh, I guess I didn't think much of it at first. Although there was a question for a little while if the camera people matter, you know? Right. Um, so to like do a parallel, Parks and Rec, which is created by Greg Daniels also, mm-hmm. uh, it's shot in the same way, but there is no camera crew. It's just a plot device when they do those talking head moments. Right. In the office, they have a microphone. Like, it's a whole thing for the five, six years that the show is on, maybe longer, I'm bad. Um, they're walking around with wireless microphone packs. There's a f- camera crew in their office with lights set up, and it's like a real big hindrance. So it's interesting that this version of the show decides to address it. 
because um, Arrested Development also has a similar kind of style. Kind of. Yeah, they don't do the talking heads, but like the cameras are almost a character in the show too. Right. Um, but they also don't reference the fact that camera people exist. Mm. And then, you know, they really bring in the whole camera crew stuff in season nine. Jesus, nine seasons. Okay, that's how long the show went on. Yes. Yeah. That's right, with that Brian guy or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, and, you know, how he talks about, like, the person who's by you is important because you end up falling in love with them. And, you know, mm-hmm. camera dude had fallen in love with Pam. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, so for a job, I'm a I'm a social marketing specialist mm-hmm. and a videographer, and um, I often have to videotape gift bags, and I have a huge admiration for gift bags now. So I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Bj Novak was also nominated for a Writers Guild Award for this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So. Hey, I, like I said, for me personally too, this episode is like, this is a much stronger episode, I think, than the pilot. Yeah. So I kicked off the show. Yeah. Right, but there's not as much like, uh, I mean, pilots you have to do so much with. Right. Where you, you know, once, you, you don't have to introduce the characters anymore, you can start doing stories and everything else. And so that's why pilots are always kind of weak. Right. You know, if you, if you look back at like the, the great pilots of all time, they're almost always shows that had already been sort of established. Like Frasier is considered one of the greater pilots of all time, but everyone already knew who he was from Cheers. Right. That kind of thing. Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer was playing Dr. Crane for 20 years, almost 20 yeah. straight years on television. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's okay for him though because like he was just this dude in a bar in Cheers, you know. Right. Like yeah, so he was really able to flesh it out and have a brother and date people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Although he was yeah, that that his ex-wife from Fraser obviously was in Cheers too because they weren't exes at the time. Right. They were married, yeah. Uh so I'm trying to think uh some interesting things that are set up. So what are some of your favorite least favorite cuz we're kind of kind of petering out on actual episode talk. Yeah. But, uh, like, favorite, just, like, single favorite moments from the show, um, like, ones that you're just like, yeah, this one's awesome, or you just love, like... Well, I will say the pilot introduces um, Jim's pranks on Dwight. Mm-hmm. And as you referenced, it's the stapler and the jello, which is the first one. Right. Um, and then from there, most of the cold opens... Uh, a lot of them are Jim Dwight pranks, right? Uh, and so some those, of the cold opens are just fantastic. That's something we're gonna we're gonna start doing as we go forward is like talking about the cold open themselves yeah. and how it kind of ranks because the cold opens are a, a beast to themselves in a lot of respects. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, there's just something about the awkwardness. You know, like it really like tones down British awkwardness, but allows American people to be awkward in a way that really necessarily hasn't been done before. Seinfeld kind of was close because they like talked about everything, you know? Mm. Uh, so, but they never showed it. Like it was funny because of it, but the office like lets that stuff, you know? So Michael will say something to him and it'll let Jay, like, do you see what I have to put up with? Right. Um, it's, I feel like um, it feels very human. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are these, 
a lot of times you watch something on TV and it doesn't feel really just normal, I guess. Right. But a lot of those times, you like, there's there's a lot of stuff in the office where I'm like, yeah, I've I've, I've done this because you know, I've worked in corporate offices most of my career, and it's like, yeah, I've seen these people. Yeah. And we all know. We all hear the rumors. We all know that people, especially because I used to work at a sort of a smaller company. Um, mm. The corporate offices probably had like 300 people in it, so you kind of knew everybody to some extent. And, right. You know, when two people started hooking up, you know it. When someone started cheating with on somebody else, you knew it. Right. You know. So you, it wasn't as small as this, but you still have that sort of feel. And when you work in a small environment like that, it you do get that. I think they they capture a lot of the the dynamics really well, yeah. Of just the boredom, yeah. Um, and I and I think too. I guess like at the end of the day, when you walk away from the office, what's really nice is like you were talking about before. You get to see these characters grow. I mean, Jim is like this mid twenties post college guy who doesn't really have a lot of aspirations. And it moves on to him trying to start his own company, you know? Right. Got a wife and two kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, and even Dwight, too, who is like this weird, reserved, you know, Battlestar Galactica nerd, um, turns into, you know, someone who, like, cares about his coworkers. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it, not a lot of shows. It lasts long enough for you to see that kind of growth from characters. Mm. Yeah. One um, thing that I, yeah. I do like about The Office, and you can kind of see it, uh, I'm pretty sure it's there's a spot in diversity, especially early. If mm. you watch the backgrounds, a lot is going on. Like you'll you'll see a camera guy, you'll it was so it works. So you'll see like some of the actual crew, right? But since it's a, the documentary, you just kind of write off as like, oh, that's just one of the like the documentary guys. Right, right. It's either in the first or second episode, maybe third episode. You can see like the boom mic in the uh, in the in the frame. Yeah, and and I'll bring it back up when we hit this. But they start dropping hints about stuff early. Okay, because there's um, in season two, there's a reference to Prince family paper that isn't that doesn't show up to like what season five. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you if you watch the surroundings, mm-hmm. you get a lot more details and information. Right. It's also funny because if you look around, because it was shot in L.A., but it's supposed to be in Scranton, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you look, especially when they're showing the building, um, if you look in the distance, you can see like the mountain ranges in California. <laughs> Right, right. Mountains that like well, there are a lot of mountains in Pennsylvania, but uh, not those like are those. Not mountains, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, for the first couple of episodes, when they show you the building, it's not the same building. Like, yeah, the building they show you is much larger, much more industrial, and then they get sort of that office park building. I think too, the first season was shot in an actual office. I mean, I would have to, let me double check that, but I feel like that's what I had read. And then it was like for season two moving forward where they uh, they basically just made a soundstage of that office space. Oh, I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. well, it's, it's tough because cause we're at the beginning of the show here, right? Mm. So we're trying not – because obviously we'll spoil, but we're trying not to get too far ahead because we're sitting here knowing – 
that we have like nine years of story here, you know? Right. Um, so it, it is a little tough to kind of at least rein it in a little bit. Um, and, you know, these first two episodes are a little thin. So mm-hmm. as we get into more, you know, thicker episodes, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, I'm sure I mean, we'll have more to talk about. Because you even said to you how cool it is that they mentioned like the downsizing and it doesn't really come up again significantly. Like it's referenced kind of in the Alliance, yeah. uh, which is episode four this season, but not again until season two. Right. So it's like you said, it's this seed that's planted, but it's nothing that's built on yet. And, you know, maybe it's just how they decide to write it. And, you know, with as much muscles that had behind it with Ricky Gervais and the other people, you know, and A, they were using nobody. So it was really cheap to produce. They almost it almost felt like they knew they were going to have multiple seasons. Yeah. And so they were able to, to take their time with it. Like nothing really feels rushed in the office. It does feel very organic in a lot of respects. I mean, looking at the the viewership here, the pilot had 11 billion viewers. Mm-hmm. Every episode in season one after that is basically cut down by half. 6 million, 5.8 million, 5.4 million, 5 million, and 4.8 million, respectively. So I wonder, because it was such a short time period, right? We're talking about six weeks, so not even two full months. Um, what goes through their heads as like they see those numbers drop, you know? Well, pilots are, all, pilots are almost always busy and because of the weird timing it makes me wonder if they put the pilot episode right after a big like sporting event or something like that because because that five-day timing kind of seems like it was on a sunday and then on to a thursday right and i don't know too if thursday was like the titan of nbc at the time because I'm not too up on NBC sitcoms as a whole. But like I said, in college, like Thursday was like the night. You tune on NBC, you've got 30 Rock, you got Parks and Rec, you got The Office. I think Community was on Thursday originally. Yeah, that was yeah. CBS. Community? Sure. No, you're right, it was NBC. Yeah. But Thursday night had always been big for, um, for them, because that wasn't, you know, earlier that was like friends and Seinfeld and so it was like that night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thursday night, you know, they call it must see TV for a reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, cause it made me like not want to go anywhere else, but NBC, like during the run of the show, mm-hmm. especially when those other shows were airing at the same time. Yeah. It made me sad that some of the other shows that they put around the office didn't last. Hmm. Uh, there was a show called Outsourced, which ran, yeah. and I loved that show. I, it was so good, but it, it just didn't last. Yeah. Um, so while we, you know, while we kind of wind down here, let's go the other way. And just, mm-hmm. we'll, so we'll talk about it in depth moving forward, but off the top of your head, what's probably like your least favorite episode or storyline or something? Least favorite? Um, I hate... The Will Ferrell episodes. I, okay. I will almost always skip them. I hate them. Yeah. They're stupid. Okay. Like, I get why you want to have him on there. It's a really cool thing to do. But, like, his character was crazy. And I just didn't like it. It just didn't work. Like, those those episodes, like, the, the episode that Michael left was fantastic. Yeah. But those, like, two episodes after that were terrible. I don't know if they were just like, you know what, guys? Like, they were so tired from... Mm. But even some of the episodes, like, 
like the last Dundee's episode was kind of crappy. Uh, right. It just didn't work. It just that just that part didn't work. Um, season five, I think, is probably the worst season. Even though the more I rewatch it, the more I like it. But I um, that's and I don't know if it was just one of those like weird timings for me. But that's when I kind of connected from the show a little bit. Yeah. Um, and unlike a lot of people, I love season nine. I think it's really well done. Um, for the most part, and that I think the finale is fantastic. Um, you know, I kind of disliked the Pam Jim struggles. I agree, but that's another thing they set up early that I just caught on my last watch through. Okay, like they start planting those seeds in season eight. Right uh, in the Florida episode, um, there's there's a there's a and I'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But there's a there's a little drop where where someone says something about how bad their Jim and Pam's marriage is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember reading somewhere about the Will Ferrell episodes, uh, but they said something like they didn't want the show to end on like a goodbye Michael note. Right. To like leave it sad. That's why they made him go out sooner. Um, and then they kind of are supposed to be like rejuvenating you with uh, Will Ferrell. And um, and is he in the first episode of the next season, or does he no, end up? He, he he's only. Up he's, at the end of I think season. it's like three episodes. He's in three, four episodes tops. Because then he like breaks his neck or dies or something. <laughs> yeah, he tries to do that. Uh, that stunk. dunk there. Yeah. Um. With that being said, though, his juggling bit is hilarious. So good with Evanescence playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pam's <laughs> yeah. like making fun of him. I, I, that was really good. I know she does like a one hand thing. Yeah. yeah. Look, no hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you? Least favorite storyline episode? Um, well, so a lot of my friends always told me that they really disliked um, the Super Bowl episode, which was stress relief. The one where Stanley has a heart mm-hmm. attack in the beginning. Right. Uh, for them, they felt like it was too silly. Like for them, maybe it jumped the shark. I remember watching the episode live though, and I was like cracking up. Like the camera angles are low, and Kevin's pushing people over and trying to get into the snack machine. Um, and there's that weird bit where they're trying to do CPR on the dummy, and they're all singing "Staying Alive" or whatever. <laughs> and then Dwight like, cuts the face yeah. off. Yeah. And, uh, and so a lot of my friends were like that. Like everybody in this office went full stupid. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. I kind of like it, but th- that's that's what I had heard. But on a real personal level, it's I think it's Andy's de-evolution. Because um, I was like really stoked when he became manager. I was like, you know, it makes sense. He came from this like kind of assholey like dude in um, Hartford, you know, where he's all like trying to one up everybody. Right. And he's, like, this punchy fish out of water in Scranton. And then he becomes like the dumb little brother who tags along with everybody, finally to the manager of the office. And then I don't really understand why they kind of made him not be good anymore and like why they broke him and Aaron up. And then Aaron ends up dating, what's that dude's name, Fart? Um, uh, plop. Plop, Plop, that's it. Yeah, Jim Jr. Um, because he was like super undeveloped and Aaron's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so that that bummed me out, and I guess it left a bad taste because it's kind of how the show starts to wind down mm. with that whole uh, separation between those characters. 
Um, but it, the show has me up until that point, so it did a pretty good job keeping me. But hmm. yeah, that's I, how I feel. I know a lot of people really hate the banker episode. It's something that comes up if you ever if you ever on the r slash Dunder Mifflin on Reddit. Like hey, they hate the banker episode, but I that's one of those I actually really like. That's, that's the clip show episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you um, if you yeah. look at that particular episode, it's the episode right before Saber shows up. So it's really is a sort of a de- demarcating episode for right. the entire series. So I think doing the clip show at that point was really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think people just generally don't like clip shows. They feel like it's like lazy writing. I mean, there is stuff in that episode. Right. But, um, well, and I understand why, like, some people got pissy about it because uh, we, re- me and my wife, recently rewatched Friends, mm-hmm. and there's like two a season. Right. <laughs> you know, it's right. it's terrible how many clip shows they have in in that show. Um. Yeah. I mean, because you you know you're watching it for something new, so it's kind of a bummer when you make time out of your day to watch an episode and it's just the stuff that you've seen already. But. Uh, but I get it. I get it. But that's 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 just one episode. That doesn't really like ruin the show, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, what is your ranking for Diversity Day? For Diversity Day, I'd probably give it. I think I'm gonna give it four out of five. Is that what Dwight drives? Is that it? Four out of five. Drives? Who? I think we lost you. Hello. Up here, I'm here. Okay, so say what you said again. We Ford, I think he drives a Corvette in the beginning, yeah, because I want to give it four out of five Corvettes. No, he. Uh, oh, it's um. It's two eighty nineteen seventy eight two eighty Z. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nineteen seventy. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to. I'm going to give it a three and a half, three point five out of five. Uh. Bad Chris Rock impressions. There you go. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a good episode. We can start winding down. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming out to our podcast. Um, Brokenjars.xyz. We have a bunch of other podcasts there. Um, we'll be live on YouTube. We're going to be running every two weeks because I we have other podcasts that we just don't have enough time to do all the podcasts we want to do all the time. So, we have to kind of split it up. Uh, we'll be getting, um, you know, we'll have show notes. We'll have the schedule out. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to know when your favorite episodes are coming up. We'll be posting to the, the Dunder Mifflin subreddit. Uh, if you want to talk to us, I'm at Jacob Ingles on Twitter. Um, you, there's a, at Broken Jars Pod on Twitter for our networks podcast, our networks Twitter um Broken Jars at XYZ, Broken Jars Broadcasting at gmail.com, at Broken Jars Broadcasting on Instagram, if you want to yep. do that. Um, I'm already starting to get some internet people lined up to guests, so it's going to be great. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, J-Ray, where can they find you if you want to be uh, found? What are the podcasts you're on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y. Um, you could hit me and my buddy Alex up at Shylocks underscore gaming on Twitter. Uh, we also do the, Shy- the Shylocks gaming podcast uh, every Thursday night live. It comes up over the internet sometime over the weekend whenever Alex isn't too lazy to edit it. <laughs> um, but tune in there for all your game news and stuff. We just did a real hefty E3 episode. So um, if you didn't pay attention to that, you can pay attention to us. 
All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Have a good night. I uh, hope your week is good. And whenever you listen to this, uh, hope that is good, too. Great, Scott. Great, Scott. And we're out. All right. Nice. That worked out well, I think. Yeah, no, 